What's up, guys? We are back, your high street freaks, for a special signing day edition of our pod. Um, you know, it it is it is signing day. I think um, I don't even know. I don't know what the tone of this podcast is going to be, because um, I think it's another one of those scenarios where it's like largely this class is pretty damn good, but also like it just feels like a limp to the finish. So we're gonna have a lot to talk about. Um, I think uh, we got some narratives to hit on, some um, some issues to hit on, and also some things that we're excited about too. So uh, I don't know. I think Ryan, this is your time to shine. This is like your uh, you you are definitely the recruiting knower out of the two of us, and so I think uh, yeah. you, this is this is like your Christmas every year. It used to be. It definitely used to be. <laughs> definitely. Well, also, also definitely. I think the. Um, the, the like allure of signing day, like the mystique behind signing day is like a little bit it's dead changed. over the past like 10 years. And like, yeah, maybe, maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. Like I know that the whole thing is like, it used to be exciting to see where like kids were going to go. And maybe it's now that I just like feel dread about the kids that are on the fence because that's what it is. That's gotta be what it is because I feel like Ohio state is never the flippers in these situations anymore. They're always the ones who are desperately trying to hold on to the kids that they have and trying to fend off somebody else who's probably going to flip their kids. Whereas like when Urban Meyer, like the early Urban Meyer years, it felt like he was going in on signing day and like taking other kids commitments and, or taking other schools commitments. And so like, that was fun when you could wake up on signing day and be like, all right, who's, who's, who's coming to Ohio state that's currently committed elsewhere, but that's not, not what I think some of that's not what it is anymore. Yeah. Some of that's the strategy we can get into it, but even just like the way the calendar has changed, Right, like it's this weird recruiting where, like, I think eighty-five percent of the class, like, some of the numbers, two four seven did it last year. It's like well over, I think, two thirds of the class, even if not like towards ninety percent, tend to sign today in the early signing period, which is also why I don't like this. I don't know if we're going to get into that in this podcast. I have some beefs with the recruiting calendar overall, and I think it's pretty stupid right now. Um, yeah, but we're going to get into a lot horrific. of stuff talking about the. Yeah, I mean, I remember. When I was in college, uh, I used to work for Mark Givler and Kevin Noon at Rivals uh, on their Ohio State site. Back in the day, it was called Buckeye Grove. Um, and I remember like I, I was at, I, you know, I had full time classes. I would wake up on that Wednesday in February, usually like the 8th, I think is what it, it was around there. Around uh, and <laughs> at like five or six I, in the morning or whatever. I would wake up at like, yeah, five, six in the morning, like get some caffeine and just like be on the boards all fucking day. I would skip all my classes and work yep. all day. It was honestly kind of fun. I mean, I think I, I, there were like, I never had a job where I couldn't be online on a Wednesday. Like a lot of my work historically, I've been, a, I've had a computer job kind of thing uh, my whole life, whether it was when I actually covered recruiting or afterwards, I don't think I've ever missed a signing day. I still love it. It's still very yeah. fun for me to be like, on it's here. Just I just different. enjoy the excitement, but it's different. But we're going to get to all of it either way. I talk about Ohio State's class, some narratives around it, including what came out of Ryan Day's press conference, um, some of the late decisions on a couple of big names, like five-star Jeremiah Smith and Andrew Houston. Before we do all that, uh, this is a free podcast. We want to remind you guys that um, you know we uh, we have a website together. Uh, me and Kevin and our friends Patrick Mayhorn and Taylor Fulton, we have meetatmidfield.com, which is a college football website covering the entire sport. Uh, with a, Definitely some Ohio State focus on there with all of our members. Um, we've had news going on Ohio State's recruiting efforts throughout the week, dropping tidbits here and there of what we're hearing. Uh, we do a lot of coverage of the entire team, the program, analysis on kind of what these 
breakdowns mean for Ohio State, the way it affects the program and its future. I would talk about the sport as a whole, the playoff, all the bowl games. Um, I'm doing a series coming called Ryan Fixes College Football, where I'm going to take a look at, I think, problems around the entire sport and how we can make this thing better. Um, there's a lot of great content on there. So you can read my articles, Kevin's articles, Patrick and Taylor's content, listen to premium episodes of this podcast. Um, you know, starting with the off season now, we're going to be going uh, premium and free alternating weeks. Maybe we, we're talking about that still, but either way, there's a lot of premium podcast content you can hear from us. Um, there's also the message board, which I think is the best in college football. Um, there's a great Ohio state presence, but we also have uh, have a really large community from other programs. Um, I think I was breaking it down earlier with our, their team members, we have like uh, representatives from like three dozen schools around college football who are subscribed to meet at midfield. So we had a, a, a really cool uh, Mizzou fan who was breaking down Missouri's team and program for us. And prior to that game uh, with an inside look there, a lot of really great people to talk to and, and kind of hang out with on the board. So we'd love to have you come join us at meet at midfield. Uh, you can use the code Jolly J O L L Y like Santa Claus uh, for 40% off your first membership, whether that's uh, annual um, monthly, semi-annual, however you want to do it, you can save 40% on that. It's a great time of year to come join. Or if you already know and love us, uh, give a gift to a family or friend of yours. You know, message me uh, either on the board or uh, on Twitter, and I can set that up for you. Uh, we can uh, we can get a figure way figure out for you to do a gift subscription and get you someone else signed up to come uh, join the community. So, yeah, that's us, man. Yeah, I cannot ringing <laughs> endorsement to uh, to us you know um but i mean i mean seriously if you are looking for um people to come come discourse with about football about college football about the bucks about um ryan day or anything like that i it's i I think it's the best board on the internet um in terms of that and we're trying to grow we're trying to get to uh a pretty varied audience too. I think we've got, I mean, you mentioned it, we've got a whole bunch of representatives from a bunch of different schools. It's not just Ohio state. It's not just Michigan, but yeah, come, come boogie with us. But um, it is, it is signing day. And I think let's, let's talk, let's talk good news first. Let's, let's talk about the, I think the best news um, that like, I, I would have gone into a complete meltdown had this not happened was, (laughs) was Jeremiah Smith signing with Ohio state. I, I think like I, I would have, it, it's tough to like, listen, like the, the people we get made fun of for allowing, you know, sports to, to dictate our lives as much as they do. Um, and for, you know, like taking losses and it ruining your entire year, losing to Michigan, like things like that. Like we get made fun of for that by regular people. And rightfully so I think it is a step above to allow like a a teenager um not choosing your favorite school to play college football it, it's it's a step above to be upset when that doesn't go right but like all that to say i would have been like distraught if jeremiah smith would have signed anywhere but ohio state yeah i mean we've talked about him i'm sure we talked about him on the podcast previously definitely, definitely on twitter and the message boards but I mean, honest to God, I try not to be hyperbolic because you see a lot of big time recruits come and go like a lot of number ones. I'm like, uh, all right, sure. He's a good prospect, but like, we'll see. But Jeremiah Smith is the real deal, man. I mean, that is like he is the. He is the best prospect at wide receiver we've seen since like, I don't know, Julio Jones. Like if you want to look at like a pro level like Kelvin Johnson, like I, I realize it sounds hyperbolic. 
if you actually take the time to watch this kid play, it's not just like you'd see like a Dorio Green Beckham was a high recruited receiver. who's the number one overall prospect back in the day and made all these crazy one-handed catches contested his level of football. Like Jeremiah is playing at very, very competitive big time South Florida high school football. It's, it's not just the freaky shit he does in the end zone on jump balls. Uh, it's the acceleration deceleration ability. It's his ability to open field. It's the route running. The way he breaks guys off at his size and kind of gets in and out of his breaks is disgusting. Um, I, I mean, everything he does, the hands, like just the feel for it. I, I really do think he is the best wide receiver prospect I've ever seen. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's the, stunning to watch. It. Yeah, the, the the only one that like, and I wasn't even really like that old for this one. Like the only one that even I would even have like pause on is like Julio Jones. Like, because yeah. I remember the Julio Jones hype coming out of high school too. But like he is, he is ungodly good. Um, like very, very clearly. That's why we say like I, I, we said on the pod a, a while back. Like as good as this year's wide receivers room was with like Marv and Emeka and stuff like that. Like when you get like Jeremiah Smith with, um, you know, Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis, like those sort of guy. Like this yeah. room is going to be just absolutely loaded. Um, yeah. So especially, I, I, will say, like, I mean. He, he... If a Mecca Abuka comes back next year and you've got a Mecca Abuka and Jeremiah Smith, like God, it it is it, absurdly yeah. good. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Even if a Mecca comes back, even if Julian Fleming had decided to come back, yeah, Jeremiah is starting next year. Yeah, like he is a day one starter. I would be shocked if he's not. Even with Mylon Graham and Brandon Innes and Carnell Tate and Noah Rogers all being top fifty recruits of the roster. Yeah, he's you know, a veteran, not not necessarily veterans, but like date guys ahead of them. You had. Kojo and Keon and uh, Bryson Rogers and Jaden Ballard in the roster too. Jeremiah like is, I mean, dude, it's it is special. And he's, he's I, got I the really size cannot, too. We, we cannot be effusive enough. Yeah, yeah, hundred like percent. That, that, yeah. That's the thing is, I think when you get guys at the the high school level, usually the biggest thing that it takes for them to get to like the point where they can play in college is the size. Like you saw it even with Garrett Wilson. Like he was awesome as a freshman, but he was small. You know, like he. Um, could not really battle on the edge. He couldn't really block um, even just like, like those physical matchups with more physical corners and safeties and stuff like that. Like he, he wasn't really built for it. Um, Jeremiah Smith is. And so if, if that's the holdup of getting him on the field, like he is, he's going to play next year. He's going to start next year. I think you're starting, starting wide receivers next year will probably be a Mecca, Buka, Jeremiah Smith and uh Carnell Tate. Like I, I think that's, that's your three. So, um, I think Ennis will Ennis will get play. Noah Rogers will get play and stuff too. But like, I think Jeremiah Smith is going to be a day one starter. Yeah, I'm looking up right now. I, as I recall it, um, the records like like the record for receiving is up by KJ Hill for receiving yards. Is that right? It's very funny. Yeah, um, it might be Paris Paris yeah. Campbell, or is it is it KJ broke it the next year? I'm gonna double check. I'm pulling it up right now because I think um, Paris Campbell said it in 2018. And then KJ Hill might have broke it in 2019. Let's see here. I'm pulling it up right this second. Or maybe I have this um, year switched. Maybe it's 2017 and 2018. So pass receptions in a career is KJ. Uh, receiving yards in a career is still Michael Jenkins uh, with 2898. Oh, God. Um, so if you think Jeremiah starts three years for Ohio State. Yeah, he's, he's breaking that. If they only play 12 games per year, which they'll play more than that, 
he would have to average, and of course, with injuries can happen, yada, yada, but he'd have to average 80 and a half yards per game over the course of his career if he played 36 games. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, we're, we're, we're calling this ahead of time. I, I think that's kind of a, a gimme at this point. Like I, if guys don't go and start three years at Ohio state, especially like star, I like, I think this is, I think he's not only going to play, like, I think he's going to, I would be shocked if he had anything fewer than like 500 receiving yards next year. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So. I mean, I think <clears throat> like, even if he shares time with Carnell Tate and Brendan Ennis and Noah Rogers and, you know, Mecca. If Emeka doesn't come back, <clears throat> would it be crazy to look at three thousand yard seasons? I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Like, I wouldn't be. Emeka doesn't no, play next I year. Either. I don't think three thousand yard seasons is crazy. I mean, like, no, I don't. I don't think again, so I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but he is the best I've ever seen. Yeah, I like it. It would just depend on who that. That's what it is. It's going to depend on who he's playing with. But also, like, I wouldn't even rule it out. God, this is very. This sounds hyperbolic, but like, I wouldn't even rule it out next year if Ohio State's passing offense is fixed. You know, like a starting wide receiver, like, is it that far of a stretch to just like predict that a starting wide receiver in Ohio state's offense would have a thousand yards? No, we to used to have three of them doing it. Right. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah. like, like even if a Mecca Buka is like has 1500 yards or something like that, like it isn't far off to think that another receiver could have a thousand yards. So yeah. yeah. All that to say, I, it, yeah. if we're sitting here talking about this guy is a thousand yard receiver over the guys that are currently in Ohio state's room um, in is a true freshman. Who's what? Well, there's five, five stars in the room currently. Yeah. It, it's, it's uh, a Mecca Carnell in it's Jeremiah, the no Rogers. I think no Rogers finished just outside. If I recall correctly, I think he did. Too. Um, he was not a five star. Yeah. I'm pulling that up. Um, yeah. He finished. Um, he finished 53rd. Yeah. Um, Pretty much everyone in the room, except like Keon Grays and Bryson Rogers, are top 100 prospects too. And Jeremiah is clearly the best among them. Yeah, yeah, quite clearly, yeah. quite clearly. I think, I mean, Ohio State has signed the number one receiver in the country, or like a top three receiver in the country, several times. Garrett Wilson was number two, I believe. Julian Fleming was a one. Emeka Buka was a one. I don't think Carnell yeah. Tate or Brendan Ennis were. They were up there, but I think they were behind. I think they might have right. been like, I think they were top five, but yeah. But yes, yeah. Jeremiah Smith is yeah. the best wide receiver that Ohio State has signed ever. So, um, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. And so, like, that that's <laughs> what I mean. I would have been, uh, yeah, I would have been distraught had he gone somewhere else. I, the, the fact that he said that he had a Miami hat in his bag terrifies me. Oh, he was like, lying. I, no, he, he was he, lying. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he may have actually had the hat for like the I, sake of scaring people, but yeah, I I, I think uh, that he was a guy that wanted to just play the game, and there is nothing like I, I don't think at any point he was going anywhere else. It w- it was done last night, was it? Yeah, uh, there were a lot of the yes, Ohio State made maybe its most significant offer ever to a recruit to him. Good uh, with nil incentives, yeah, good, which is good. Um. Also, something else, well, we're just being positive. I think we're going to have a, a fair bit of negativity later in this episode. Uh, not at every position, but at a few of them. Yeah. Um, with the way USC's roster seems to be falling apart right now, Dude. what if Zachariah Branch transfers? <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a non-zero <laughs> chance. I, I was, I've been like stunned at the way 
like good players are just like leaving. It's not like like ah man. It like the the rate at which good like future players are leaving it seems it seems like Lincoln Riley's getting fired or like going to the NFL or something yeah. like that. Like well, I'm not, I don't think I'm not he's saying, getting fired. No, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm just saying like at the rate that players are leaving, that's what you would think is happening based on like like do they know something? Like I, I don't know. I, I haven't even heard Lincoln Riley being like seriously connected to NFL jobs or anything like that. I just it it is very weird to me. Very uh, weird. I'm gonna read you as of the moment we were recording because well, a ton of players have signed. Things can still change with recruiting rankings right now. Yeah. I'm going to read you the teams ranked 16th to 23rd overall in the composite recruiting rankings on 247, Kevin. Um, okay, go for it. 16th, South Carolina. 17th, Texas A&M. 18th, Ole Miss. 19th, USC. 20th, Michigan. 21st, Colorado. 22nd, Nebraska, 23rd, Missouri. What company, huh? Love that. That's glorious. I mean, USC is like, if Colorado gets one more commit, they finish ahead of USC in the rankings. It's uh, it's that tight. That's brutal. I mean, that is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough times out there. Um, Speaking of a couple tough times on, on offense for Ohio State, although the overall offense, Offense was, I think, very good. But Ohio State did lose two commits, one on signing day, one in the days coming up to it. Um, it Jeremiah McClellan, uh, a top 50 overall recruit uh, out of St. Louis, um, who committed to Ohio State, flipped to Oregon. Oregon and Missouri both kind of always lurking in this one. Um, it's a bummer. I mean, like the base of the pitch from Oregon is like, you're the third receiver in Ohio State's class here. You're right. pretty much the big dog. Um, and, and to be fair, Oregon has a great recruiting class in their own rank. I mean, they're sixth in the country, Ohio State's fourth. So, like, it's too far off. Uh, but if you're looking at, like, receivers, uh, they had, other than McClellan, their next best receiver, I think, was, like, not – what did he finish at? He finished, like, barely in the top 200. So, McClellan is pretty clearly their big dog coming in, and they're going to lose Troy Franklin and – I think Tez Johnson's gone too. So um, he could get heavy playing time as early as next year, uh, which is big for them. Um, so yeah. I mean, that's a tough one to lose. I like McClellan a lot, but, you know, with Mylon Graham in the class and and Jeremiah Smith, obviously in the class, I feel like it's uh, hardly it's the end of the world for us. Yeah. Right. Would have liked to keep him. I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt I, as much as other things. No, like if you wanted to critique Ohio State's class, then maybe the argument you could make is that, they don't necessarily have a ton of, sorry, Ohio State's receiver room, I should say. You could see they don't have a ton of depth going forward. Um, there, I mean, like, basically how much, right now. How much depth do you need? Yeah, like I know. 68. But I mean, look, you have Ameka, Jaden Ballard, Kojo Antwi, Keon Grace, Brandon Innes, Carnell Tate, Noah Rogers, Bryson Rogers, Jeremiah, and Mylan, which is 10 scholarship players. If no one else leaves, that's fine. But you're also looking at Ameka has an NFL decision to make. You could very well, if you're Jaden, Kojo, Keon, and Bryson, and you see like, hey, all of yeah. a sudden there's five guys in my class or younger than me ahead of me. Yeah. Are you going to stick it out? Like not just today, but in spring too, are you going to stay around the whole time? Yeah. 
I just, I, I see that as a, like potentially a developmental issue. Maybe if you don't keep recruiting at this level, like at wide receiver, but like, I think you need, you need six to seven wide receivers to feel comfortable. I don't think you need 10 to 12. Like I, 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 don't, I don't think it's an issue. It's, I, I mean, if what you're saying for like a depth chart and like, got, like, yeah, that's fine. But like scholarship numbers generally you want to be between yeah. eight and 10 scholarship receivers. I, I, I understand uh, what you're like, saying. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. It from, I, I'm saying that it, that is an issue for it from a developmental standpoint. It's not a great, or it's not an, a super big issue for one season. Like if you can fix that by signing five freshman receivers or something like that next class, like it's not a big issue to me. And if there's yeah, anyone in sure. the, if, if there's anyone in the world that I have full faith in to just like restock the wide receiver room, it's the current wide receivers coach. So um, I, I can tell you, can tell you that I will not be having the same conversation or saying the same things about like the defensive line. But to me, like, I, 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 don't, I don't give a shit about Ohio state, not having a ton of depth at wide receiver right yeah. now. That's, that's, that's not an issue for me. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, we should briefly before we get on to the defense talk about jordan lyle too i know we mentioned him and brief yeah. before but he did flip from ohio state to miami two days before signing day which was expected um we'll get into the running back room overall but that one does sting a bit he's the top 150 overall recruit uh ohio state currently has two of their five scholarship running backs from last year coming back and trey henderson and Dalton hayden and trey henderson has declared he's not made a decision yet publicly he has declared he's not declared basically um, and has not decided anything at all. So if Trey were to go pro, all you would have is Dallin Hayden, uh, James Peoples, and Sam Williams-Dixon, who's like the number 775 overall recruit. Yeah. Um, I think even with four, here, here's the problem they face. If Trey comes back, we all love Trey. He's fucking awesome. Dallin's yeah. very good too. You have a very good one-two punch and you have a, a top 100 guy right behind them. You're fine on top end talent. But four running backs is pretty few, given how injuries mount up at that position and also trace yep. past Tisher's injuries. And Peoples isn't a big dude, right? Right. That's a concern. And then also, how are you going to fix it? Because who in the transfer portal is going to say, yes, I'd love yes. to be the third running back behind two guys who we know are going to yep. start yep. or the fourth back behind a top 100 recruit too? Yep. That's this is We're going to talk about this with the defensive line too. This is the problem when everybody says like, ah, it's fine. We'll just solve the problem with the transfer portal. The transfer portal works great if you need a starting whatever, which curiously yeah. enough, that hasn't actually worked for Ohio State in the past few years, especially in the offensive line. But that's a <laughs> that's a different story. A couple of spots here and there, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot easier to sell a, hey, come start at Ohio State. It is a lot harder to sell, hey, come be depth at Ohio State. Use a transfer to come to our school and then have no guarantee of starting this year or the next year after that. In fact, not only are we not going to guarantee that you're going to start, we're pretty much going to guarantee that you're not going to start this year, but you could start in, in, in you know, the coming seasons. And that happens sometimes. Um, I, Ohio State got Lorenzo Styles to kind of do that. Um, they got yeah. the, the, the linebacker from Northwestern. I can never remember his name. Nigel Glover. Yeah. yeah. Like if you have a coach change, that's when you kind of get some guys like, oh, we talked to them in recruiting. Right. You know, they it just can't happen. Start. Maybe it's just a lot harder. It could happen, but it's a lot harder and it requires some luck. It's not, a, again, not a good process. Um, it's also the fucking second time in a row this exact same thing happened, which is a South Florida running back recruit who committed pretty early to Ohio State, flipped right before signing day to Miami. 
Uh, it happened with Mark Fletcher last year, who was an immediate stud for Miami. Yeah. Uh, and it happened again now with Jordan Lyle. Tony Elford maybe needs to figure out what the fuck he's doing and reevaluate the way he goes about this. He is the hardest coach on staff for me to evaluate. Same. Because you can objectively say, dude, it's he's a had good running backs ride. every year. Yeah. Like he's had a good running back performance every year. Right. Well, and and like, it, he has. He has. And like he, he by all accounts seems to develop running backs too. Like there are guys that he gets into the room that I'm like, that guy sucks ass. And then like they get on the field and I'm like, oh, you know, like that's what, like yeah. Mayan Williams is a perfect example. Like that guy had sure. no business getting an offer from Ohio state. Even down no was like plan C. Yeah. 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 Like the, it, there are several times when like they get a guy that like, I'm like, this guy sucks. Like this guy's never, but we are on record on our podcast. Like you can go back like last year is saying that Dallin Hayden is never going to play for Ohio state. Like, yeah, I'm, we were wrong. hundred percent wrong. hundred yeah. percent wrong. Like we, we, we said that I, I, we agreed. It was very early, but we said like Dallin Hayden's never going to play for Ohio State. I, like he has done a great job of like developing running backs, getting a guy that can play on the field. And every now and then he does really well at recruiting too. You know, like he had those, yeah. like he got Travion the Henderson. prior Henderson class. He had, I mean, like something like getting James Peoples out of Texas, the top 100 recruit. That's, is a, a, big that's deal. a big get. Yeah. Yeah. I did it with that's Dobbins too. Like, I mean, he even did well in the portal once with Trey Sermon, right? That was yeah. like kind of a, yeah, like, like. He's I gotten thought, talent a I, lot I of different ways. A, I thought that was a bad choice too. And turned out yeah. that Trey Sermon was way better at Ohio State than he was in Oklahoma. Like, God, I but at the same time, the number of guys that he misses on is infuriating. You can go a whole list, like um, even going back to like what Zamir White, that kid from from Georgia, like was it Zamir yeah. White? He lost lot, him. yeah, Zamir White. Yeah, a lot of guys you could name. Yeah, I Zemir think White's DeAndre Swift was up there too. Um Swift was harder. Um, Nick Singleton, who went to Penn State. God, I forgot um, about that. Dude, I mean, I could go through it year by year. There are the, so the, the, many. The the number I mean, the, of running backs. Um, Bijan Robinson, or um, yeah, the kid who went to Kendall um, Melton. Uh, yeah, Xavion. Um, Xavion Knight. Who is the kid who went? To, yeah, there's a lot of guys, man. There's a lot there's, of dudes there are who wanted so many who, who were who were big Ohio State targets. He couldn't quite close the deal on. It happens. The kid who just went to uh, who Alabama? Um, oh God! Last year, um, um, I'll pull it. I'll pull it up. I got it. Uh, it was this is great podcasting. Justice Haynes. Yeah, um, another one. What's another big one? Yeah, I mean, you can do this every year. There's a lot of guys. C.J. Baxter, he was in for Cam Akers, huge one. Richard Young, who also went to Bama. Oh, uh, God, I mean, I Mark Fletcher, we named. Yeah, there's a lot of dudes year by year you can do this for. But the thing is, like, it's it's as annoying as it is because I feel like he puts himself at risk sometimes. The recruiting's good enough. Like, he still yeah. is getting a blue chip guy pretty much every year. And the room and the running backs always ends up being good. Yeah, I mean, he's been here since 2015, right? 2015 was his first season. The running backs are always um, fine. And the running backs have been good. I think 2022, you could say they were kind of bad. But that was some injuries going on in the line. Yeah. Wasn't good. The, the fact like, that they had a semblance of a running game in 2022 was remarkable in hindsight. Yeah. So, I mean, eight of nine years he's been here, he's had a good room and he, his recruiting results while frustrating are good enough. And his room is good. Weird guy, man. Weird guy to evaluate. Um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it is, you're um, right. It is a, it is a really weird situation. If Trey Henderson comes back, even if he doesn't, because like, you're still in the same place, you're just looking for a transfer guy to maybe come start and split carries and stuff too. Like you're yeah. still a guy short. So um to, yeah, to me, losing. like Tony Elford is, is sorry to cut you off, but it's like what it would look like 
if Greg Stujawa tried hard in recruiting, like in the yeah. sense that Tony's not really perfect at it. Like he, he built relationships with some kids, freaks with some other ones, but he's always in the mix. Like Stujawa's problem is he just didn't try or work hard. Right. Yeah. But like his, his development was really good. Tony's development's pretty damn good. It's really good. Uh, if Tony, yeah, I mean, it's basically good enough, right? I think it's good enough to to, to have Tony Elford here. I don't think he's a situation that needs upgrading. Um, no, I, I mean, there are there are a laundry list of things I would prefer to to change at Ohio State before you get to Tony Alford. Like, if there is a coach fired on Ohio State staff and it's Tony Alford, I'll be apoplectic. Like that that would blow yeah, my that'd mind. Be hilarious. If they're just like, yeah, give Parker yeah. Fleming running backs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it would it would be a bit at that point. Like, it'd be just to personally fuck with me if. Yeah, if that happened. But yeah, I, I think largely like I, I have flip flopped on on Tony Alford so many times. I was ready to, to fire him last year, I think, um, after the running backs were bad and he didn't do a great job in recruiting last year. But like, man, at the end of the day, there are worse problems at Ohio State. Um, and it's not all that shocking that Lyle uh, flipped. I think everybody was kind of expecting this for like, man, almost like a month or two. Um, but I mean. It is what it is, um, you know. Not 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 great, but yeah. The, uh, the the whole situation is um, not ideal at running back. But if if Henderson does come back and you have Dallin Hayden and, and Trevion Henderson at the top, it's kind of like a situation with the wide receivers where it's like, I'm fine with it. You know, like I I I am I am happy to maybe hopefully get through next year with that and you can hopefully uh have tony offered do some shit next season next recruiting class yeah hit hit it hard next season um if you've got three guys well, they're going, they have two big time guys in ohio they like and there's a kid yeah. in california they, they could end up with two star. or three they could end up with two yeah. or three next year um probably need three yeah probably need three but um all that to say like the running back situation is weird i don't think it's dire um no especially no. if henderson can come back if Henderson leaves, I start getting pretty like you need to probably take a portal guy. If Hender- yeah, I mean, you have you no, do. you don't you have to. to. You have, have to. to. Or like I, I haven't even looked to see if there's any unsigned kids. I, I could check briefly. Like there's almost nobody. I, I was looking at like because usually yeah, there's, there's one like, kid who's yeah. Usually there's a few that like that wait and don't sign during the early signing period. Um but I don't think that's really the case this year the vast majority of guys that ohio state would have any business signing it really any position are um are signed yeah in the early signing there's period. two there's two kids from bama and mississippi respectively who are supposed to go to sec schools who are still undecided there's a couple guys who are committed but didn't sign that could just be not updated in 247 yet yeah and um, that's among the blue chips if you go down further there's like a kid from florida that's between Michigan State and Georgia Tech, there's a kid yeah. from Texas who's not committed. Like, there's a couple of kids here and there that are like top 500 players you could find, but um, not uh, not anyone you would be over the moon to get, basically. Uh, but at the same time, you just need somebody. If Trey, yeah, if Trey leaves, you need a body, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is tricky because obviously you don't want to take. You don't want to take someone just to take someone. Like you don't want to take a kid who can't play here and you have to keep him on the roster for three years if you if he won't yeah. agree to leave like Trey LaRue wouldn't. Um 
But although maybe I think there's a possibility you could convince a guy to be a one year rental, one A, one B back with Hayden if they have a different skill set. Like Trayshawn no, I... Ward went to Kansas State last year uh to play with Daniel Giddens who's already established. Yeah. Like that could yeah. I, I think I think I like the chances of them getting a portal guy if Henderson's gone. If Henderson's yeah. back, that's that's a really interesting scenario. I, I'm not sure they're gonna I mean, I don't think they'll get a portal guy. Um, and th- that's what kind of sucks about the timing of Lyle's decommitment too, because had he done this like two months ago, it would have sucked. Like it would have been the same thing, but that gives Ohio State yeah. two months to just like find some, you know, like, but that's top, also part of their process too. They top, always do yeah. this. They, they always take their kid and then don't keep looking. Like they don't keep people warm as often as they should. Right. Um, and, and like some, sometimes that works out. I mean, you, there are guys that you can chase like that and like bank on like Jeremiah Smith is a guy that they like, hundred percent needed to get and it was made sense to go wire to wire with him there's other guys that it's just like listen like i i love lyle but is he like this isn't like a heisman trophy running back like maybe he's gonna make me look like an asshole in like four years or something like that but this isn't like a heisman contender like you know running back that isn't like above replacement of somebody else that you couldn't get like there's no reason why you had to just stop recruiting everybody else because um jordan lyle was committed especially since you're gonna need like you need to replenish this room anyway like you could have taken three running backs in this class yeah yeah so. big time it's um it's a missed it's a missed opportunity um let's do a little a little more bad news here um so just just to set the scene briefly i'm sure most of you guys also has already heard this but in case you live under a rock or you were busy today um Edrick Houston, the five-star from Georgia, let Ryan Day know live during a press conference, days away from his National Sign Day press conference, to reconfirm his commitment. Uh, he had been flirting with Clemson and Alabama late, particularly Alabama. Um, they were able to keep him uh, basically in the bag. Um, Ryan Day also said during that press conference that Ohio State would be keeping Larry Johnson. He was pretty uh, pretty firm about it. He said that this was not – this while signing two commits – this was not below Ohio State standard. Uh, he said that Yer- Larry is young and full of energy and that his wisdom and experience, the best in the country, which I would say, um, really, to the last four years? Are you sure? Uh, <laughs> um, they also failed to flip Amaris Williams. Uh, there is some late buzz on a flip pursuit uh, that we've been hearing uh, of Washington commit Dominic Kirks, who's an Ohio native, a top 300 kid. Um, Ohio State's going after him to kind of get a third player in this class, but yeah, I mean, the only sign, Edric Houston's a fucking stud, to be fair. Right? Yeah, Edric awesome. Houston's awesome. He's a five-star kid, top 30 in the country. Eric Mensa is the number 774 overall yep. recruit in America. Um, no comment. Basically, I don't want to trash a kid, but no comment. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Amaris Williams would have been a great kid. Ohio State led for him strongly coming out of his official visit here after he um, took an OV uh, in November or December. He was committed to Florida and flipping to Auburn. Um, they were also the favorite to land Carlin Jones, the hands down favorite yeah. after he officially visited in December. He was in a Nebraska commit, ended up flipping to USC. Um, there were a few other guys they were big time in on. They didn't close. I can, I mean, Justin Scott <clears throat> to, flipped to Miami. Yeah, to, Justin Scott flipped away very late to Miami, end of November. Um, <clears throat> uh, they also couldn't close early in the cycle on Dylan Stewart, Dominic McKinley, oh, yeah. Marquise Lightfoot, Nigel Smith. Uh, Deshaun Warner or Jaden Jackson. Um, they chose not to go hard for Charleston Collins, Ernest Willer, Darian Mayo, Booker Pickett, or Elias Rudolph. 
They never offered in-state guys like Brian Robinson, Logan Thomas, or Dominic Kirks. Um, they're left with two commits. Uh, it's an abject disaster. I mean, like, yeah. even with keeping Edric Houston, sure, that helps mitigate it slightly. It takes it from, like, an F to a D-. minus. But they were supposed to get five or six guys in this class. They got two. Even if they get this Hail Mary last-second flip on Dominic Kirks, because they never really build a relationship with, and help, by the time we finish recording this, he could sign Washington. Who knows? But even if they don't get him, if they end up getting him, there's still two or three guys short of their number. Again, it happened again. Yeah. And Over this, the last and from tw- yeah. You you, you keep talking. I was I was going to bring up last year's class, but you can go ahead. Yeah, I say from 2022 to 2024, um the only guys they signed, they had three defensive ends and five defensive tackles through three classes combined. Uh, now that Amorie Bohr's gone, um you can't work with that. If either Jack Sawyer or JT Tumalo go pro, they're going to have four total scholarship defensive ends. Yeah. They're five defensive tackle, but like they have too many defensive tackles. They don't have enough bodies to play defensive end anymore. Right. Um, it's crazy, man. And and they are. And I, I think the other thing is like the, the counter argument to this is like, okay, well, the portal exists. And this is exactly the same thing that we were talking about with running back. The yeah. problem is you can't build depth with the transfer portal. And this is a position group. Fuck, maybe not the way they've been playing with it. But um, this is like defensive end. You need depth. You need to be able to play multiple players at defensive end. And rotate. And rotate. They haven't been doing that. It's stupid. These guys are playing like 70 snaps a game. Yeah. It it happens happens way too often in games that don't matter. But why they wear down. That's why they couldn't get off the field against Michigan, I think. Right. And so it is. And so the problem is depth. Like I know that. If you are, I don't think that there are many like casual people that are listening to this podcast, but it's going to be tough to criticize or to, to hear people criticize the Ohio State defensive line when you've got um, Jack Sawyer and JT Tuomaloa if they come back next year, because you're going to be like, oh, they're fine. You know, like they got the starters. The problem is the depth. And if they, if those two guys are here, you're not going to be able to recruit um, depth behind them. You're just not, it, it's not going to happen. And it's going to be an even bigger problem next year when both of them for sure are gone if they stay this year. And you're going to have, I mean, I guess you've got Kenyatta Jackson and Caden Curry who are hypothetically going to be your next starters. Who else is there? There's Edric Houston at this point. And what, like, how, how are you going to address that in the portal? Because what's going to happen is if you bring guys in to come start, the two behind are going to leave. Like it is, it is just a a disaster because the people who undermine the, who undermine high school recruiting because of the transfer portal now are missing the whole point that you build depth with high school recruiting and you address yeah. holes with the transfer portal. You, you, yes. you can't, especially positions where you need depth, like running back and it um, defensive end or defensive line, anywhere on the defensive line. Yeah. Like that might work at quarterback. That strategy might work at quarterback to just like find the best guy every year for some schools, find the best guy, offer him, like do that. Um, it might work at like on the offensive line on some level because you don't really use depth on the offensive line. It doesn't work on the defensive line and in the running back, which is coincidentally the only two real positions where Ohio state has that severe problem. Um, and the offensive line you could say too, but, um, it's, it's, it is a huge problem that Ohio State has not gotten numbers in on the defensive line. A huge problem. Um, 
And we're, we're going to see how they address it. The only way that you can really address it at this point is to pray to God that Jack Sawyer and JT Tuomalo come back next year and add like five defensive linemen, defensive ends in next year's class. Yeah. That's your, we've said that every year, right? We said it yep. three years in a row. We, we said that yeah. last year. We said that last year. We said it was probably going to be fine if they had a huge class this year yeah. and they signed Edric Houston. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's back-to-back classes where they miss their number specifically defensive end, but overall as well uh, yeah. on the entire D line. It, it, you cannot keep I mean, like, look, this is, even if they sign a monster class next year, which if they, they bring Larry Johnson back, they're not going to do, right? They are not going to do that if Larry Johnson is back. Um, we've seen this movie. We know the story. To have faith in that happening is ridiculous. It will not happen. Even if they hit their number next year, they're still fucked. They're still behind. Like, you're yeah. going to have to go to the portal. If you go to the portal, you're going to lose depth. It's what happens. So, like Now you're in a tough cycle where you probably have to get back-to-back monster classes in 25 and 26 just to be okay um, in the future. And and it's going to get, it's only going to get harder for Larry Johnson to recruit too, because if you're having problems with him recruiting is a geriatric who's at at retirement at any age, you think that he's going to find five playable guys next class and the class after when he's only a year older, like if he's going to change his stripes at 73 years old. Yeah. If, If Ohio state doesn't have, like if they don't fire Larry Johnson, and don't have any sort of like the only way I would be fine with them keeping Larry Johnson is if they fire Parker Fleming and bring somebody on to coach with Larry Johnson. And fine, fine is like complete, complete relative here. Like, I don't think they should do that either, but like the only way it's even like defensible to have Larry Johnson and bring him back still is if you bring like a defensive line coach in waiting essentially and have him with Larry Johnson. There needs to be a contingency plan. There needs to be a, this is what we're going to do. And, and, and what worthwhile coach will agree to do that too? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. It's Absolutely not, it's, nobody. That's, and that's why like people are saying on, you know, Twitter or whatever on our boards that Ryan Day only said Larry Johnson's back to help finish off this recruiting cycle. It's a different thing to say. I have faith in Larry Johnson. I'm, you know, whatever. He's a great guy to definitively say he's back. You expect him back. Um, that is what he said. The only the only cover he could have is if Larry Johnson just decided, like, you know, I'm getting too old. Like, and yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I I don't know what the private conversations are with Edric Houston. I <laughs> I mean, from from what I understand, Edric Houston was um very much loves Larry Johnson, and like that was a decision. Like he wanted to come to Ohio State because of Larry yeah. Johnson. I, like, yeah. I so so if a lot of guys Day, are here like that. So any time you pull the bandit off, you're going to lose guys. Though it's right. always going to be the answer. Right. And yeah. so so if Ryan Day just lied in his press conference to get pen to paper from Edric, Edric Houston, like tip the cap, like it's very out of character for him. Um, I don't think that really works in the modern era, and he'll probably just be pissed if Larry Johnson like retires in the next couple months if that's actually what happened. But like. The problem is that I I actually would have been fine if if Edric Houston, if Larry Johnson told Edric Houston, hey, I'm retiring and he signed elsewhere, I'd be fine with that because at least there'd be like a plan for the future in that regard. So Yeah. And, and all of this isn't even fucking including that his unit's been disappointing on the field yes. for four years in a row. Or the like all this conversation that, about recruiting is one thing. Yeah, they're not, or he's in a line with Jim Knowles on his scheme. Yes. He won't implement his DC scheme. So wh- why is he here? Like he hasn't recruited the past two years. He is, he has not developed 
legitimate edge rusher in four years since Chase Young. Yeah. Which who's to say that Chase Young couldn't have just developed himself? That guy's like the yeah. predator incarnate. A freak. And, yeah. and he is directly at odds with the scheme of the defensive coordinator that you are paying $2 million to run your defense. Like, what is he doing? What, what, why yeah. is he here? You're going to keep him for one kid who like doesn't necessarily fit what you do or what yeah. you want to have out of your edge rushers. No. Like, I love Edric, but he's way better as a 3-4 defensive end. Then he is the four three one. So is everyone so, else on Ohio State's roster? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 what are we doing? Like, what's the game we're playing? There, there's just like it, it is. And this is maybe too aggressive. I think it is genuinely as simple as if Larry Johnson is back, Ohio State cannot win a national championship. It's that straightforward. Yeah, I, I think it even uh, in the short run. I don't even know. I mean, it's it's very clear that Ohio State has not produced a defensive end, even with the even with a generational player like JT Tuomolo. Like Ohio State's defensive ends have not really produced. JT Tuomolo had one no. great game, whatever. But like, God, it is it is real bad. Um, I I just think the long term ramifications of keeping Larry Johnson on staff are worse than the worse than even just like the next season or like the season by season ramifications like yeah or the game by game ramifications like as, as annoying as it is that like he insists on playing a, an even front like an antiquated even front and will not do anything with an odd front or anything like that um as annoying as that is like i think ohio state can still win that way and i think the defense kind of proved that this year that like you know they, they can function and they can they can do what they need to do um with that front jim Knowles can adjust like if, if that's what has to happen that's what has to happen but like how, how you can't survive recruiting like this like you can't when you if yeah. any, if it was anybody else on the planet and they did what larry johnson just did these past two classes would they still have a job no no and, and like <clears throat> even just from a reduction standpoint i just checked over the last two combined years of starting, JT Tumaloa has seven and a half sacks. There are 39 players in college football who did that alone this year in one season. Like, you're not getting the most out of your guys, man. Fuck, it sucks. Yeah, I mean, look, we agree on it. It's very frustrating. He's got to go. Uh, I'm praying to God that's just a ploy for signing day and they make a move in the spring or something. Uh, this can't keep fucking happening. It cannot keep happening. Um. It doesn't work. Yeah, outside of that, one other piece of news is that, as expected, Ohio State did not flip uh, Kingston and Villamuasa from Notre Dame. We talked about this one previously. James Lornais couldn't go recruit. You can't reasonably tell KVA that Lornais will be his position coach because you haven't agreed to move on Parker Fleming. So you had no chance. Um, good work. Uh, no other notes there, really. The final one is just that Ohio State only signed 20 players. Um I did the analysis that Ohio State was expected, I think, to sign. I think did it with Bama and Georgia. I'll do a longer one here soon. But basically, there's a gap <clears throat> over a four- to five-year period of about 15 to 20 players per team that Georgia or Alabama are signing more than Ohio State. They keep signing small classes. They're not crossing the roster well enough. They're getting stuck um, with just more of the same shit, man. Um, it's... Uh, it's very annoying. I mean, it's just deeply annoying to keep doing the same small class thing and thinking results will change. It sucks. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's 
it is what it is. And like the, I, the whole argument between, so like my whole thing is Ohio state should have taken eight more players, five to eight more players, whatever. Um, and the whole argument is like, well, they're already close to their roster limits and they still need to bring in guys from the portal. Yeah, that's great. Process through your roster faster. This is Ohio State. Like, this is 2023. You're trying to compete with Alabama and Georgia. That's what they do. If there are guys who are not going to play at Ohio or at their schools, they get them out and they get other guys in. And like the whole thing is if your hit rate is, I don't know, like hit rates on on guys that you bring into your program, whether it's through the uh through recruiting or through the transfer portal it's not super high. Like not everybody who you bring in is going to play or be going to be a regular contributor. You need to be better at identifying whether they're going to play, whether they're not and getting them out. That is the issue. Ohio state should have been able to take five to eight more bodies in this class and add more guys in the transfer portal because there are like 15 to 20 guys on Ohio state's roster who have not a chance in hell of playing for Ohio state right now. It wouldn't be hard. It wouldn't be hard to go through the roster and say like, ah, they won't miss this guy. They won't miss this guy. They won't miss this guy and add other guys on top of it, evaluate those guys and do the same thing next year. And like the fact that Ohio state is keeping guys that have no chance of playing for Ohio state is a problem. You can't waste a roster spot on a guy that you know is never going to play for Ohio state. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I, I of course agree. It's uh, the shit sucks so bad, dude. I don't know what else to say. It's just, it, it's deeply annoying. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what shit doesn't suck so bad? What's that? It's home field apparel. Home field oh, apparel tell me is, <laughs> is our is our lovely sponsor, the one and only sponsor of this podcast. And they sell the best vintage inspired collegiate apparel of any any school that you could want. Uh whether it's Ohio State if you're listening to this podcast, or Michigan if you're hate listening to this podcast, or anybody else. I have no idea why you're listening to this podcast. But if you are looking for um, the best college apparel, the softest college college apparel, um, check out homefieldapparel.com. We love it. Uh, they love us. And if you have not purchased from there yet, you can use the code meet at midfield for 15% off your first order. Um, and if you have purchased from there, which I assume most people at this point who listen to this podcast have, you can just mention us in the comments. Just tell them we sent you. Um, tell them that... Uh, that Ryan Ryan told them to get the bomber jacket, which might actually be sold out. I'm sure it's sold out. It's too cool to not be sold out. Um, tough to tell. But yeah, they've got all sorts of stuff. Go peruse the Ohio State uh, Ohio State stuff on their website. Um, or, you know, if you have a backup school, if you went to a, a Mac school, if you went to school elsewhere and you're still an Ohio State fan, like there's no shame in, in doubling up on your college apparel. So um, yeah, they are our friends. Uh, go Go purchase their stuff. Um, do you want to do position by position grades? Just kind of, kind of go by, by each position and see, um, how Ohio state did. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Um, I might as well just start at the top with quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, are we going to, you, you don't actually give grades here, right? We'll give grades on these. Yeah. Um, Aaron Oland, obviously he's a signee, um, number four quarterback in America. I think he is the number 36 overall prospect, a five-star. Yeah. Um, they, they previously had Dylan Rayola committed as country's number one quarterback. He flipped to Georgia and then later on Nebraska for signing day. They also pursued Alabama's commit Julian Sand and Notre Dame CJ Carr. Um, they showed interest in a couple others, uh, Ryan Puglisi for Georgia and Jaden Davis for Michigan. Um, but they didn't really push hard for them. 
They never offer the Ohio native, Ethan Grunkemeyer, who's a Penn State commit, uh, top 100 overall prospect. Um, I think this is great. Nolan's a stud, dude. He's very, very good. Yep. Um, I think it's one of their one of their better quarterback gets in a long time. It's a five-star kid. He fits their system yep. perfectly. Good athlete, great throw of the football. He's a lefty, which is fun. Big time winner at that level of high school football, very high in Georgia. Um, it's a great get. It's a great get. Yeah, I think um I think other than like Julian Sayan, who I think Ohio State really wanted in this class, I think this was kind of the best case scenario. Um, I I think that and I think most people would be comfortable saying this at this point. I like Aaron Nolan's upside more than I like Dylan Riola's upside. Um, Dylan Riola is just going to be a waste at Nebraska. Uh, he has, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to talk trash about a guy. It seems like sour grapes, but I am very happy that Ohio state ended up with Aaron Nolan over Dylan Riola as as everything came down and was all said and done. Um, I think if I'm giving this like a letter grade, do you want to do letter grades for each of these? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I think I'll I'll give it an A and it probably would have been A plus. The only reason it's not A plus is because I think that Ohio State technically missed out on their top target, which would have been Julian Sane. Yeah. Yeah. Um it would have been cool to I mean, they definitely wanted to say in the most everyone, and they think that it uh it's the I mean, I, I think Sane was the best prospect in the class, and that's how they feel as well, but if you like, once you couldn't get him because he was locked into Bama, I think of the of the rest, I prefer Nolan over anybody else, yeah. over Rayola, over Carr, over Davis, over the rest of them. Uh, that's that's my guy. Yeah, we 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 talked about it a lot. I just I love. It's not even just like arm talent or anything like that for me. It's the way that he runs his school's offense, which is not like, it's not like a simple offense either. Like it's not like it's like a. Some of these guys are just like out there out talenting the guys that are on the field. He is like running through progressions. He's running, he's making several reads on plays. Um, there's like a lot of different fun little RPO concepts or um, like option running concepts. He's a pretty mobile guy too. Like I, I just like the way that he functions in his high school offense and think that it is really, really um, applicable to the way that Ohio state plays. If anything, Ohio state's offense might be a little simpler then in terms of just like reads per play and stuff like that, um, then the offense that he was running at Langston Hughes um, is insane as that is to say. I, I, so I am very excited. I think that he on a head level and a, um, you know, just understanding the offense level will be able to arrive at Ohio state too. Yeah. Yeah. Really good get um, running back. We already talked about the position extensively here. Like we said, Mitch Jordan, Lyle, um, got Sam people's show or Sam people's rather, uh, and got Sam Williams Dixon. Um, they, uh, they also missed on Jordan Marshall, who's a top hundred overall recruit, uh, out of Cincinnati Archbishop Moeller. Yep. He committed to Michigan over Ohio state in June. They were a bit late to go after him. They only offered like four days after Michigan, but like Michigan had been in contact for much longer. Ohio State wasn't really in on him early. Um, the results are mostly fine. Like getting two kids, one of them being a top 100 recruit is pretty pretty damn good. However, the process that got them here, like losing out on Lyle, not going hard after Marshall and losing him, 
No, I mean, they went hard after him rather going, waiting too long to go hard after him uh, and losing him to Michigan, especially. I give it a B minus because of that, just the way they got here. Yeah, I, I I think that's fair. I mean, they got. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I think. I might. Yeah, I I, I was going to say I might I might have even gone C plus because the reality of their roster is um, not great. And I, I think that it's a even it's not even a great result, given what you needed at that position. Like you really needed two or three running backs in this class and to get what they got was not, is not ideal. Um, so I, I, I guess I'll agree with B minus. I, I trend more towards C plus simply because um, not because the guys that they, that they got, but because of the position needs and where it kind of leaves them. I, I don't think that it's realistic to bank on returning Travion Henderson at this point. Like I, I just, I don't think that that's a realistic strategy um, but it is what it is. I'll, I would go C plus to B minus on, on running backs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. Um, wide receiver, a simple one. We don't have to spend too long on this, even with losing McClellan, it's an A yeah, you got two, five stars and one of them is the best recruiting prospect of all time. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's probably best a receiver plus. for you. A plus unless yeah. you want to be mad about depth or whatever. It's, it's a plus for me. Yeah. Um, tight end. Not a ton of interest here, honestly. And they brought in two kids. Both are four stars. Uh, Max LeBlanc, who's at Quebec Wall, who's Tennessee, number 276 overall. Damarian Witten's a Glenville kid, number 452 overall. Um they made the room better. I mean, it's a it's a B plus to me. They kind of they they identified they had a couple other guys they were big time off, but they wanted two kids. They got two blue chips. Good class. Yeah. I mean, it's probably one of their better um it's probably one of their better, maybe their best tight end recruiting class in quite a long time. Um, I don't know. Like I, I can't, I can't name the last time that I was like legitimately happy with the guys that Ohio state brought in at tight end. Was it like probably like Jake Houseman and Luke Farrell were the last time I was like stoked for Ohio state to sign a tight end. Oh, I guess um, Jeremy Ruckert. That was a good one too, but yeah. Jelani I mean, Thurman. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a good one too. I mean, shit. I think uh, Damarian Witten just earned MVP honors at the Ar- U.S. Army Bowl. Like, I he, you know, he's a, a legitimate, like, solid, like, pass catching candidate. Like, I don't know. I'm I am happy with how how um, how the tight end position went. So, what'd you give it? You said a B. I think I gave it a B plus. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm in I'm in B plus range too. Yeah. Cool. Um, offensive line. We haven't talked about this one much yet. Um, they landed the, the, the crown jewel of the class is Ian Moore, who's a top 150 recruit out of Indiana. Um, they also have the, the Armstrong twins out of St. Ed's, Deontay and Devontae. Um, I think Deontay is a low four star, Devontae is a high three star, and low four star Gabe Van Sickle out of Michigan, who is a Northwestern commit they flipped. Um, they also missed on, obviously, uh, Jordan Seaton, Brandon Baker. Excuse me, Kirby Lambert, Daniel Cruz, Donovan Harbor, Nathan Roy, a few other big time kids who are all top 200 prospects. They won it pretty badly. Um, they also took, they offered and took Mark Nave, which I thought was a really bizarre offer at the time that never made sense. They dropped him like four or five months later, uh, which I thought was always the outcome. 
and they never offered in-state top 200 prospect William Satterwhite, who ended up at Tennessee. Um, I give it a B minus because you did land three four-star kids at O-line. And I do like Van Sickle, Deontay Armstrong, and Ian Moore. I don't like Devontae that much. But um, just a lot of a, a, a lot of meat left on the bone here you could have gotten to. Yeah. B minus might be generous. I don't know. Yeah. I was gonna say C plus. I just given what they need at, at offensive line, um, this was an a relatively uninspiring class for me. I I don't know. It's it is a class. I think they they filled holes. They did like the bare minimum of what they needed with this class, but there's nothing in it that like like I like Ian Moore, but like for that to be the crown jewel of your recruiting your offensive line recruiting class, like that's just not it's not doing anything for me, especially after what um, Ohio State, I feel like, needs to kind of restock the offensive line. So this could be a class that turns out fine. Like, I'm sure these guys could develop fine in like two, three years or whatever. But there's no guy that I'm like, oh, I'm super stoked to see that guy on the field. It's just Yeah, there's not even a Luke Montgomery. Like, Ian Moore is good. But right. Yeah. They just, so. like, they signed a bunch of small guys, too. Yeah. They don't get any big boys. Yeah, missed the stud. The only they did they, was too fat. The, yeah, the all ta- the all tackle. It's it's an overcorrection. It's an overcorrection. Yeah. bunch of guards, man. Um, yeah. D line we also talked about extensively. I had this as a D minus only because they kept Edric Houston, but, but it's basically an F. I mean, you missed your number by three fucking guys. Yeah, D minus or F, call it what you want. It I, sucks. I, like, yeah, I I have it. I have it at D just because I really do like Edric Houston. But man, yeah. it is it is brutally bad. If they get Dominic Kirk's upgrade from D minus to D, yeah, um, it's a huge failure. I mean, Larry Johnson has to go. We talked about it. You guys heard our rant. Um, linebacker, uh, I have his A minus. They got two guys, Garrett Stover and Peyton Pierce. Uh, Stover's 105, Pierce is 205 in terms of yep. overall rankings. Um, I, like I think Garrett it's Stover a lot. I like Garrett Stover a lot. I obviously wanted to get Kingston and Villamuasa, which would have made it pretty much an A. Um, it's a really, really good group. They hit their number, they didn't need a ton here. Uh, I'm just annoyed that they could probably have gotten KVA if they had Lord Edis as a full time coach and didn't, just pisses yeah. me off. But the results here are good. Yep, yep, I agree. Safety. Um, they landed Jalen McLean, who's out of New Jersey, number 273 overall, and Leroy Roker out of Florida, who's number 964 overall, the lowest ranked recruit in the class as a long snapper. Um, they missed on KJ Bolden, Kobe Black, Zaquan Patterson, Peyton Woodyard, and Coy Parrish. Uh, Parrish was the last one. They were trying to flip him from Minnesota and couldn't do it. Uh, Bolden was the biggest name. He was the five-star who... Flipped on signing day from Florida State to Georgia. They had all these guys for officials. They also offered but didn't take uh, Reggie Powers or Terion Nichols from Ohio. Uh, Powers number 255 overall. Nichols is 211. And they also never offered another in-state kid, Coy Beasley, who's number 125 overall and committed to Purdue. Um, Pretty baffling. A pretty fucking baffling and bad result here. I like McLean, but this is really shitty. Like, it's supposed to be a safety-driven defense. You could legit tell a kid he could start year one here. And you freak yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very weird, especially for how, and maybe this is a product of it, but how well I thought their safety recruiting was going last year. Like, I like the guys that they brought in last year, largely. 
Um, and it seems like there's a lot of room for these guys to start year one, year two, based on the way things are going. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed in this class, especially for Ohio state's needs at the position in the long run. Like this is, you hear us talking about the, the issues on in running back and defensive line where you simply don't have enough players. Uh, and it's going to be really hard to convince guys to come. Like I could see that because of this class, um, being an issue at safety in, in coming years. So, um, it's for me, like just this class alone, like this is like a C minus for me. Um, particularly because the class ahead of it was fine. Um, like a, the class ahead of it, I, I really like a lot of the guys in um, like Malik Hartford's awesome um, in the, in the 2023 class. So I don't think it was as desperate that they needed a ton of guys in this class. And I think it's fixable next class, but in terms of just this class, what they needed to do, it's it's not a good look. Yeah. Yep. Really bad. We'll finish on a high note here with cornerback because oh, this yeah. one is an A for me. Um, Aaron Scott and Bryce West are both top 60 overall prospects in the country, both Ohio natives at corner. Um, Miles Lockhart also is a corner here. He's number 386 overall out of Arizona. Really good three-man corner class. Yep. Um, <clears throat> if you want to make one knock on it, you would say that I think West and Lockhart are both slot guys. Mm -hmm. and not true outside corners. Um, Scott is definitely an outside corner, but you also have, you know, Davidson, Ibinosa, and Jermaine, Jermaine Matthews, Kevin Simpson, Hutton, Aaron Scott, all outside with uh, Hancock, West, and Lockhart inside. You're you're fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're, and you're good also, uh, what's his name? Stott, Lorenzo Stiles Jr. is also an outside corner. That's true. I forgot you're about fine. him. Yeah. Yeah. Tim yeah. Walton. Tim hey. Walton. Yeah. Stud. Proud of you. We were wrong I, we, on that one too. That's how we, we were we, bad. Our bad. It, it switched. Yeah. It switched. Um, Perry Eliano might be on notice with this uh, this recruiting yeah. class. But so here's the thing, Perry Eliano. It, there's never been a track record of Perry Eliano being like an awesome recruiter. Like the reason they got him from Cincinnati was because of his way to develop. Like he, he Sauce Gardner yeah. was not like a top. I mean, he was like a yeah, top two hundred. He wasn't. He was. He wasn't a top thousand guy. He's I think. Top like one thousand. Yeah. So um, like that's, that's never been his game. Unfortunately, that needs to be your game now that you're at Ohio state. But um, so I'm, I'm, I'll take a wait and see approach to Perry Liano. I'm not going to throw him under the bus yet, but it is very funny um, that we were both uninspired by the Tim Walton hire, but loved the Perry Liano hire. And it's uh seems to have flip-flopped a little bit there because uh, Tim Walton by all accounts has been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, a, it's a good one. I mean, overall, this class was really strong at corner, linebacker, um, wide receiver, quarterback. I think it was good enough at running back, tight end, um, probably offensive line, maybe. Uh, still a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, huge error at defensive line and safety freaked it there and o-line could have been a lot better um yeah kind of frustrating but running back also could have been better um net net it's i don't know it's pretty run-of-the-mill ohio state class smaller yeah. than it should be like yeah. overall grade you'd give it what a b minus probably give it a b i think i think yeah. the problem is like you look at this recruiting ranking like the the like 
they're going to finish with like a number three or number two overall class probably. And the problem with that is that it's boosted by players that they didn't need. Like, I love Jeremiah Smith, and I said, like, I would have been furious and, like, distraught if Ohio State didn't land him. But, like, for Ohio State's best player in this class to be a wide receiver, like, ah, cool. Like, you know, like... What else is new? Yeah. Right. And so so I think, like, it's boosted by players that Ohio State didn't need and where they did need players, like the defensive line, like the offensive line, where they needed things to drastically change, they didn't really get the guys that I would have wanted them to get, especially on the defensive line. So... I think that for me, I, I am very excited by the top end talent that they got at the position, like even cornerback, like at this point, like Ohio State's cornerbacks are pretty stacked for, you know, a couple seasons too. Like it's just, it, it is not, um, I don't know it, where they wanted to, I would have much preferred Ohio State to like stink it up in terms of like. Well, I don't want them to stink it up anywhere. Just defensive line is not the position group where they could afford to have like a D minus or an F. Yeah. You got to get better in the trenches, basically, is what I think what we're all saying. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, that's our podcast. We did not earn our sign off again yet this week. Um, we'll hopefully we'll see what happens after the Cotton Bowl and some staff changes. But mm-hmm. um, we'll see, man. All right, Kevin. It's always a pleasure, brother. Always a pleasure. Um, Go Bucks. Go Bucks.